I am Brad Levitt, host and founder of Affiner Touch Construction, and we're super excited to bring this amazing guest list to you of people that specialize in business, marketing, social media, entrepreneurship, and most of all, how to build a great company. AFT is a local commercial and residential general contractor located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we are continuously seeking ways to bring value to our industry, clients, and network. Please subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. So it's very exciting because we're nearing our first year of the podcast, and it's already hard to believe that we're on episode 48. And today we're joined by Casey Gray with The Conscience Builder, uh, located in Ottawa, Canada. And Casey has just an incredible mindset and view on business. Psychology was a major topic in our discussion, and one of my favorite comments he made was that our environment is more impactful than our willpower. And the analogy he used to uh, speak about that point was that if I want to stop eating junk food, then I'm going to quit buying junk food. I'm not going to have it readily available in my home. And how important is that about the environment, you know, who we're associating with, who we're working with? You know, that entire mindset will change just our business and, of course, company culture, right, which is a big part of any successful company. He also spoke about the future of our industry, building science, and how to have a positive outlook on life and in business. You know, he spoke heavily about the differences between net zero homes and also the difference in definition with a net zero home. Is it a net zero quantitative throughout the entire year average or is it a day by day net zero, which can really vary, especially if you're in a climate such as Canada or in Arizona. And he also spoke about passive homes and what's the difference between net zero and passive. And additionally, he also focused on your mistakes and how to use those to catapult your career. And Casey is the founder of the award-winning sustainable building company, The Conscious Builder, the host of The Conscious Builder podcast, and The Conscious Builder show on YouTube. He has written almost 400 blog posts and topics such as marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, personal development, sustainability, and more. He brings almost two decades of experience to the construction industry and over a decade of experience running and owning his own company and in addition to his construction company a couple other businesses that we'll speak about so stay tuned and you'll definitely enjoy this podcast and of course a big thanks to our sponsor Subzero group southwest llc located here in scottsdale arizona and if you're starting a new kitchen project the subzero wolf and cove showroom is the place to start it provides an immersive environment to help you realize the possibilities of your future kitchen discover what it may feel like look like taste like all in an exploratory no pressure showroom no matter who you are, consumer, owner, or member of the trade community, the showroom is ready to assist you throughout the entire project. I visit the Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove showroom in North Scottsdale quite often. In fact, it's just here around the corner from my office, so it's the perfect place to meet with my clients and the designer on the project. When we arrive, we meet with the showroom consultant whose sole focus is catering the visit to our needs. They seek to understand what products may be best suited for the client and then explain and demonstrate special features and functionality. We can browse the complete line of Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove appliances and then view them in beautifully designed vignettes, helping my clients envision how the appliances might look in their home. The best part is that the consumers can interact with the products, turn the knobs, open the drawers, and ignite the flames, discovering the best fit for them. With the help of the showroom consultant, each visit is truly unique to the client. The relationship with the showroom does not end with the appliance selection process. Throughout the entire project, the showroom team is there to provide helpful solutions and offer advice and assistance. After appliances are installed, owners can expect a lifetime of support and helpful resources. The Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove showroom is the place to start, experience, and bring your vision to life. 
schedule an appointment at your nearest showroom by visiting www.subzero-wolf.com backslash showroom. Well, welcome to the AT Construction Podcast, and today we're fortunate to host founder of The Conscious Builder, Mr. Casey Gray. Welcome, Casey. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, I've, I've been a big fan, I'll say, you know, and I mentioned this leading up in the podcast, just, you know, before you came on, just diving in a little bit more of what you're doing and and extremely impressed about, you know, your drive for the industry, healthy living, you know, I, just the title Conscious Builder already has a statement there in itself. You know, before we dive into some of that, Casey, I wanted to get into the entrepreneurship mentality. You know, most of our listeners are small business owners or are entrepreneurs. And so you did a podcast and you mentioned that 20 percent. Um, you talked about the top three things that you learn in business. And, and one of them was that business is 20 percent mechanics and 80 percent psychology. So define that a little bit for us, you know, that breakdown in the psychology in business. Yeah, I, I think that could really account for life in general, right? <laughs> uh, rarely do things go as planned, and business is one of those things, right? And after being in business for 10 years, uh, I've realized how much psychology is important. And I remember, I'll go back a, a little bit. My my wife's actually, it, she went to school, she has her master's in clinical psychology, she's a child and family therapist. And I remember when she was going to school, she was actually in Santa Barbara, and that's pretty much when I started the business. And I remember saying to her, oh, psychology is not that important, <laughs> right? Just kind of, you know, you know, young 20s didn't matter. But now what I realize that's everything that I do. Not only do I need to manage my own psychology, but I need to manage other people as well. And when you're in business as an entrepreneur, it's, it, the sooner you realize that and the sooner you realize that the best investment is to work on yourself, the better off you'll be. And, and, that 80% psychology is true is because you can learn the mechanics, right? That those are all things that you can either hire out or, or you know, you can find somebody to do, or you can take a course, you can learn how to do all of the mechanical stuff. But the psychology is the hardest thing to do, and the only thing you can do is work on yourself for that. And when you know everything that we've been going through lately, like you hear stories about businesses going out of business because of the pandemic, right? Part of me has actually been waiting for something like this because I know after being in business for 10 years and, you know, I'm not like, draw a backtrack. I don't want, you know, I don't wish those bad things to happen to anybody. But for me, this is when the opportunities come up, right? These are, these are the, when there's times like these, these are when the greatest opportunities can be found if you're open to looking for them. If your psychology, if you're in the right place, the first three months when this all happened, yes, our revenue went it disappeared for all the businesses that I that I'm involved with. But I was in the best mindset probably of my life because I was able to focus on what was most important. No, I love that you shared that. It's interesting because when you think about psychology, you know, most people ask, and I'm sure we'll get into it, you know, Casey, you're you're involved in podcasts and YouTube channel and you have your Facebook Live and you do all these things in addition to running your business. And people always say, Well, how do you find time? And um before you get into that, I mean, you think about the psychology. So diving into that, you know, when you think about your mental state, just working on yourself, as you mentioned, if you're in a good state, Casey, as yourself, if you're in a good position mentally, if you're, you know, positive, if you're happy, if you have, you know, a, a good energy and vibrance about you every day, you're going to be in a better position, right, to conquer the day, right, to conquer all the tasks you have on your plane and to better manage, you know, uh, everything that you're striving to do. And and you mentioned this, you said, you know, you can always delegate and assign some of the mechanics, some of the tasks, you know, but it's a psychology. So are there any secrets or tips you've learned, you know, because most of us listening, 
you have the psychology of yourself, which you mentioned. You have the psychology of your employees, of your team. And then you have the psychology of, I mean, subcontractors, trade partners, designers, architects, as well as clients, right? So there's all these mm -hmm. different buckets. So how, you know, how do you manage the psychology, not only of yourself, but of your culture, of your team culture, of your, you know, the designers, of the clients that you're working with? Yeah, I, I think the most powerful tip or tool that uh, you can implement, anybody can implement right away, is first you need to understand it, but your environment is 10 times more powerful than your willpower, right? If you want to stop eating junk food, stop buying junk food. If it's not in your house, you won't eat it. <laughs> if you yes. want to, this is what I did. I want to learn, I wanted to uh, start flossing. I'm like, I know it's a good habit. My mother-in-law is actually a dental hygienist. And, you know, every time you go to the dentist, you probably hear, you know, you got to floss, you got to floss. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do it. But what I did is I just took the floss and I just put it right beside my toothbrush and I left it there until I created that habit, right? I created the environment to win. And when it comes to the psychology side of the business is you have to surround yourself with other people, right? It's, it's easy to say, oh, just be happy, just be positive, but you, you can't just do that on your own. You need to surround yourself with other people who are positive, who are thinking outside of the box, who are going to challenge you and help you and support you, right? Not try to pull you back down. Uh, and that where I, I put so much, I've spent thousands of dollars and put thousands of hours into just getting myself into different groups and learning from people, right? And whether it's a mastermind or a real estate group or just being very conscious of who I surround myself with, because especially like in any business instruction, right, you're going to deal with negative people, right? There's going to be clients that aren't happy. There's going to be employees that are unhappy. There's going to be subcontractors that aren't happy. And you, you're kind of the middle person for all of this, right? So uh, the only way to kind of get through that is to have is to offset it with more positive, positive uh, people or people who are going to empower you or realize that, hey, you're not in this alone, that there's people there to help support you and that there's other people who have gone through this before. Uh, that's the only way is it is to do it, I think, is because you can't, willpower is only going to get you so far. I love that you said that. I love that you gave the analogy of, of diets, right? Because I, I love ice cream. So it's one of those things that if I want to <laughs> stay away from ice cream, you know, and eat healthier, I better not buy it. That way I'm not eating at night before I go to bed. But I love that mentality of the environment around you, right? What what are you creating around you? Who are you putting yourself with? You know, I've noticed that in my career that, you know, as I've put myself around like-minded individuals, people that are very driven, people that uh, want to be successful, that are very positive, right? It, I mean, our, we as humans, I mean, we can only deal with so much negativity. So the more positive people we have around us, and, and maybe some of us, we need to take more of an outlet from TV, from social media, from, you know, some of the other things that kind of bring us down to a certain extent and, and find that positive um, energy in our life. But what would you recommend to someone who's maybe struggling with this right now, Casey, that they, whether they're a company or their business, there's a lot of negativity, you know, maybe their surroundings, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you're networking with professionals, you're networking with positive people, you know, maybe signing up for classes or courses, you know, what are some things that you've seen over the years that have helped you really understand the mental fortitude that you have now? I think the first, like for somebody starting off, if they're realizing it, the first step is to realize that something's not right, right? You have to become aware, right? Hence the, you know, the word conscious is that you, you can't make a change until you're aware of what needs to be changed. So I think the first step would be is to just take stock. You know, what, what do you do in a day? When do you feel good? When do you feel 
bad, right? If you want to label them things good and bad, uh, you know, we can talk about things like, you know, is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> because sometimes bad things can turn out to be good, but that might be for another conversation, right? But in either case, there's still like the human emotions, right? If you're doing things, if you're not feeling good at certain times of the day, well, maybe you're, you've created a habit, right? That That's that's not serving you. Um, I think the hardest thing, and this is something my wife and I realized when we, we started doing a lot of personal development, uh, when I started not long after I started the business about eight years ago, uh, we started with this Tony Robbins event and going into that event, I had no idea what I was walking into. My wife was like, you want to go to this Unleash Power Within event. I was like, yeah, what is it? Sure, yeah, I'll go to it. I just said, yes, you know, do that. Um, no idea what I was walking into. It changed my life, right? It, it realized it, it's the first experience that I had where environment can have a huge impact. Now, that's an extreme, right? So what happens is that you leave an event like that and then you're kind of on a high, but if you don't keep it going, you can it can fizzle out, right? So that's where you have to continue surrounding yourself and you kind of need to uh, put systems into place that will force you to continue to up your game, right? So by taking stock and realizing okay, what works and what doesn't work, what we realized that, that there was people in our lives that were pulling us down, right? But the environment, I'm glad you mentioned it, could be news, could be social media. I don't watch news. I have no idea what's happening out there. The only thing I, I realize is that if somebody talk tells me about it, right? Or somebody messages me about it, or it happens to pop up on my feed. But even be aware on that note, your feed on Facebook, on Twitter, on all this stuff, its algorithms are there to feed the stuff that you're clicking on. If you're constantly clicking on negative news, you're going to get more negative news. The only pictures that show up on my feed are typically like wedding pictures and people, you know, baby pictures because those are the ones that I like, <laughs> right? I don't really follow anything else. Uh, so I think being aware of that stuff too is like your social media feed is a good indicator of the stuff that you're engaging in, right? And if those things are are negative things, then there's, prob there's probably a good lesson in there that's going to tell you that uh one of the reasons why you're maybe not feeling so good right or you're feeling anxious or anxiety right or your uh you know social media so news diet social media diet uh those are all things that just take you have to test them out right leave them for a week see what happens you're not going to miss anything don't worry <laughs> yeah that's so great it's interesting you said that because you know i think about when you talked about systems and take stock take inventory do an analysis of where you are right now as a human being, but as a business owner and person. And it's interesting. I had Luann. Luann's a podcaster. She has a well-designed business podcast. And one of her big things is as a company, when she's talking about business strategy, she says, do an autopsy. That's the word she uses, right? When the project's done, do an autopsy. How do we perform? And you mentioned this, take inventory, take stock, You know, whether you're calling it an audit, whatever the term you use. But somehow evaluate a couple things evaluate how you're doing your business how each project is going because that'll allow you to now reposition things you know was this client the right fit were we the right fit you know what did we fail to communicate and do on this project how do we you know how can we better and and apply it to the building practice what are things that we can do to be a better builder to be a more conscious builder as you mentioned that i want to dive into so you know it, it's really important that if we're not taking the time to evaluate then we're not going to perform better we're not going to fix mistakes and we're not going to get ourselves out of you know this hole that we've dug so getting into that you know i, I on one of your videos case you had mentioned that the tony robbins and it's funny you alluded to that because i'm going to bring that up so how did that evolve into the conscious builder i mean what how did that change your mentality i you know inspiration is just a normal builder you know most of us build houses but how did you take that to the next level yeah so the inspiration for the conscious builder actually came from uh, our son so 
Tony, the Tony Robbins event was kind of the beginning. You can actually go back a little bit. I actually purchased a book for my wife. I have no idea why. I can't remember why I purchased it, but I bought her the success principles. I think it was for her birthday or something by Jack Hanfield. Within that book, Jack Hanfield, I've since read it, mentions uh, Tony Robbins event. So she, she happened to look up when she read that Tony Robbins and then found this event. So we went to it and that kind of kicked off, uh, our thinking, our, our change, realizing that we have control, right? We we can control our destiny. We we have the power to change if we choose to, right? It's simply just a choice, right? When people decide to quit smoking, they don't, you know, it doesn't take 10 years to quit smoking. It takes a moment to quit smoking. You just finally decide and you make it happen, right? That That's for anything. You just have to make a decision and you need to head in the direction. So where the conscious builder came from is that that kind of, got our thinking changing, but then we found out that we were going to have our first son, our only son. We decided to only have, well, I shouldn't say only, we decided to have one child. Uh, he's He's been my greatest teacher by far. Uh, and he started teaching me before he was born, because as soon as we found out we were having uh, a child, we didn't know his son at the time, I started thinking differently, because then I'm like, oh, it's not about me, right? At the time, I was young, I was like 20, early 20s. Uh, I said, oh, it's not about me. You know, if I'm going to tell this little human being that they can be and do whatever they want become whoever they want i need to lead by example right so i need to so that's when everything started to change and then i started questioning you know why am i in construction what am i doing what do i want to leave behind and at that point we were already starting to eat healthier we were becoming more aware of you know what we we're putting into our bodies what we were surrounding our environment with in terms of health uh, and i started looking more into building better homes you know i didn't want to you know when i started the company originally i just wanted to do good work but then i started thinking no i want to do something different you know i want to stand out i want to be proud of this uh what do we need right and that's when the the word conscious kind of started coming to us and the conscious is really just a state of awareness right which is the first step and that's when we started to use the conscious builder more as of a tagline for the company originally and then eventually it evolved into the actual business name um but it all came from realizing that we have to lead by example because kids do what we do not what we say <laughs> yeah it is true they always watch everything we do which is a great uh great reminder there and so what what makes that switch because you know in speaking with a lot of builders or architects designers that want to change that compass if you will you know a lot of them and and most of us can relate when you start your company one of the biggest things is being successful we need to put food on the table right so you're seeking okay how do i take my company from doing a kitchen remodel you know, or bathroom remodel to now doing a full house remodel. How do I take it to doing a new custom or a commercial project? And so there's this growth that you're you're trying to achieve that next level. But at some point, there's there's that switch where you're like, okay, I've I've gone to where I need to be, or maybe I'm not even there yet. But I want to be different. I want to build something that's different. I want to be more sustainable. I want to be healthier. Build a healthy home. You know, a passive house. You know, get into something that's going to be better for the environment. So when did that switch take place? And 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 more importantly, how do you get from conscious builder Casey to doing this amazing remodel to, okay, client, let's get you to understand some of the thinking behind this, how this healthy house, we're going to spend a little bit more, do a little bit different design or construction method, but it's going to be better for you in the long term. Yeah. So what we're kicked off for us is that we just decided to do it ourselves, right? So we said, you know what, we're not going to wait for anybody else to hire us to do something because why would they hire us to do it if we don't have any experience in it, right? Sure, we can build houses and we can renovate, but we don't have any experience with the passive or net zero or anything at that moment. Net, net zero wasn't really around at that point. So we decided to build our own passive house. And that's what basically taught us. Uh, 
I know that I learn best on the fly. So we just jumped into it. You know, we've found, I've been in the industry a long time, right? I knew trades, but we had to kind of retrain ourselves into how we do things, right? Including myself. So that's how we started with our own house. And from there, we just used that as our building block. Now, do we only do passive? Or do we only do net zero? Do we only do certain renovations? No, uh, we will do at the end of the day, Everything we do is custom. I don't see our role to tell to tell somebody that you should do it this way or do it that way. I, I see our role as the educator, right? I'm going to say, here's the options. At the end of the day, it's your choice. It's your house. Uh, I'm not going to make you feel bad about your choice <laughs> or anything like that. But uh, th these are the options. You choose the one that's best for you. Because we all have different requirements, right? We, we have different budgets. We have different... Uh, decisions, you know, what what's important to my wife and I is going to be different than what's important to uh, a neighbor. We're actually doing work for my neighbor here, and he didn't go with some some of the recommendations that I made, but he went with some of the other ones. But to me, it it doesn't matter because it's his house, right? It's how he chooses to live in it. It's what he decides to put into it. It's not my responsibility to say that's wrong or that's right. It's here you go, you decide what you want to do. Uh, that's kind of where the consciousness comes in, right? If we can give the information to people so that they can make a conscious decision, then I feel like we've done our done our duty. Well, I think that's really important for anyone. Listen, I mean, a lot of it is do it yourself, figure it out. You know, it's as I speak to designers that have got into, you know, like vegan design or vegan leather, or they're looking at sustainable products, you know, that give less off-gassing, right? A lot of them started with themselves, right? They started their own design. They started their own house. Similar to you, Casey, right? You're going to do your own house. You're going to do a passive house. Well, now you have the education, you have, you know, the experience and you have the knowledge now having done it yourself where you're not just preaching to someone. So how does that conversation take place when you have new clients or your neighbor that you just gave, you know, do, do a lot of them understand coming to you that, hey, you're into net zero, you're into sustainable products and you'll pick and choose, maybe do it all, but at least there's that conversation happening. Yeah. So at this point, because of everything that we do with our podcast, with our YouTube, right? People know what we do. Uh, so they re typically reach out to us because of that, right? Because they want better products, because they want a more energy efficient home, because they want a comfortable home. What I've realized is that mo everybody wants a comfortable, healthy home, right? Whether they realize it or ask for it or not, uh, most people, if, they, if they're not a first-time home buyer, have realized what it's like to live in an uncomfortable home, right? Or an unhealthy home, right? So we can usually connect with people on that front. And the people who are coming to us typically aren't first-time home buyers. They've either owned the house for a little while, so they know what works and what doesn't work, or they've bought and sold other houses now they're ready to build a custom home right so there is some knowledge there anyway so i can connect with them on that front i've stopped talking about energy efficiency in terms of cost savings uh, by default if we build a comfortable healthy home it is going to be more energy efficient uh, so i think it is important because we do want to reduce uh, our energy consumption at least with heating and cooling and hot water demand uh, because other areas are going up right we're using more electricity because of electric cars because of all the tvs and tablets and computers and you know i have three monitors going right now and you know th that's just the way the world is going but you know we can now start to offset some of these things with solar panels right and now i have a lot of conversations it's not so much um telling them to do this or this it's have you thought of this right if somebody wants radiant floor heating like we deal with both extremes here uh, in ottawa right so we have you know i don't know if this isn't fahrenheit but you know we're dealing with 
plus 40 at the at the peak with humidity in Celsius, right? And negative 30 some odd degrees in the winter Celsius. And so we have to think of both areas. Uh, mm-hmm. So we need to think of heating and we need to think of cooling, right? So somebody might think, well, my basement's really cold, so I want radiant tubes. I'm like, well, what if I can give you a nice warm basement without radiant tubes? Would you be okay with that? Yes. Okay, well, here's some other options, right? If we can make these details work without having to go with radiant tubes, which typically needs natural gas, right? So if somebody really wants natural gas, great. But they're usually just not aware of what the other options are. So once I start exploring the other options with them and say, hey, you you can offset your electricity bill, but you can't offset your natural gas bill. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense, right? So if you plan on saving costs down the road, this is the long game. If you want to save costs right now, here's the short game. No, I love that. That's that's a really good way to look at it, Casey. And it's really important that you're laying that out for the customer too, because as they come in, they understand a little bit more too. Yes, there's some energy efficiency involved, but that's not the whole thing in the conversation. It's healthy living, and there's going to be offsets depending on what decision they make. So, if I'm if I'm a customer coming to you, Casey, and I'm, you know, maybe I'm not looking at doing a full net zero house. And, and just for those listening, you know, explain, you know, what a net zero passive house. They may hear this term and never understood that. So, dive in a little bit on what that actually means. Yeah, so I'll start with passive. So there's a difference first between a certified passive house. So there's two certifying bodies. So there's Passive House US and Passive House International. Uh, but there's a difference between a certified passive house and a passive solar house. So I think a lot of people hear passive house and they say, oh, the house is heated with the sun. Yes, that is a passive solar house, right? That's the concept behind it. But a certified passive house looks at more than that. It does look, it does take that into account, but it's ultimately looking, it's focused on energy consumption, heating, cooling, hot water demand, for the most part, heating and cooling. And it takes, there's a lot of steps involved. We don't do those calculations in-house. We work with energy modelers, uh, building scientists to work with those calculations. And you need to get a third party to actually certify it if you do decide to go for certification. But the gist of it is you're building an extremely efficient envelope, right? So you're focused on high-performing windows and doors, right, that seal well, that have proper solar heat gain coefficient, depending on the orientation of where the windows, uh, maybe they're definitely triple glaze, but they might have uh, krypton gas in them versus argon, the typical argon gas. Uh, There's going to be different coatings in them. So you get into a little bit more building science on that front. um, And then you focus also on insulation. And probably the most important part is the air sealing details. So what people don't realize is that air sealing actually plays a bigger factor in a comfort of a home than insulation. If you have a big down jacket and you unzip that jacket and stand in the wind, that jacket is useless, <laughs> right? So that, that gives you an idea of what insulation does versus what air sealing does. If you zip that jacket up, well then now all of a sudden you're warm. So now you can keep the heat in there, but you're also blocking that cold air from coming in. So that that's what it focuses on in terms of the passive side of things. And then by doing that, the, one of the things I get is, well, don't you need your house to breathe? Yes, you need your house to breathe, but you need your house to breathe like you need lungs to breathe, right? You don't want your the air to be leaking through your skin necessarily. You want to control that airflow in and out of your home. And that's where ventilation systems come in. No, I love that you shared that because what's interesting, I, I, I sat through an... Uh, a seminar through advanced framing and you know energy efficiency and net zero passive you know and one of the main topics they're showing the statistics you know and which we don't have here for our listeners but 
they were showing how the air sealing is the most important because, and you, and you made that really simple with that analogy, that if you have a huge down jacket, if you have a big jacket, but you unzip it and you're walking around in the winter, right? Everyone knows, everyone can feel that cold air coming in. But if you keep that out, you're already going to set a better tone, right, for your body and for the house itself. You know, and explain a little bit about what net zero is. Yeah, so net zero, at least, so there's actually a certification now here in Canada. I don't know what the U.S. has, but in Canada, CHBA, Canadian uh, Home Building Association, has a new certification called net zero. And if you don't put solar panels on, it's net zero ready. I'm a fan of it because it's not the extreme for, of passive or passive is quite difficult to attain in our climate because of the extremes like the passive house that we built for ourselves our walls were r73 and a half right that just gives you an idea of what we had to do and we had perfect orientation and so we were taking advantage of the sun we were blocking the sun in the summer lighting in the winter and so forth i have a presentation on our youtube channel that's somewhat dry but it explains you know the theories and reality versus living in a passive house but Net zero is kind of a middle ground, right? It doesn't go to that extreme, but it does take those some of those same factors into consideration, right? So how the house performs, right? So it's it's adding more insulation to the minimum building code, but it's more concerned about how much energy you're using and whether or not you can offset that with solar panels. So a net zero home, if it was truly net zero, would produce just as much energy as it consumed. Now, is there a calculation if you're on natural gas? Yes, but once again, you can't offset your natural gas bill with the solar, right? So I always recommend if you're planning on putting solar panels on, well, it just makes sense to get rid of fossil fuels and just go with electricity because you'll be able to offset that bill minus the delivery charges or however it works wherever you live, right? Uh, here in Ottawa, I can only speak on with the experience here. Um, now, there's a difference between a net zero home I do want to touch on too, as well as an off-grid home. So for a net zero home, at least here in Ottawa, the calculations will be set as you kind of want to offset your energy use over the year. But we have those winters, right? We have short days in the winter. We have snow. It covers our solar panels. So the calculation is very different uh, versus somebody who wants to build off-grid, right? So their batteries and solar panels here would be a very different calculation because now you want to set it for the worst week or the worst day, potentially, right? You want to make sure that you have, and you want to take into everything into consideration, including all those tablets, right? If you're a family of six and there's six computers and seven TVs and all these things need to be considered, but it's a little bit different when you're just going net zero and you're still staying on the grid. No, I'm really glad you touched on that because we're doing a net zero home right now in Scottsdale. And that's one of the things, you know, to explain is that net zero is you use as much energy as you consume, right? Or you're producing as much energy as you consume. But there is a difference between net zero, you know, throughout the year, which is the goal there to balance that throughout the year as opposed to off grid, off grid, because there where you have a lot of snow, you know, how are you factoring in a snow day that's cloudy and gray with no solar, you know? you can't exactly. capture and how are you storing that energy to, to sustain you in that that cold winter whereas we have the opposite here in phoenix you know it can be really hot so in july where we don't have monsoons there's no cloud cover and we're dealing with 113 degree in our fahrenheit you know very <laughs> hot hot summer you know every day you know how are we making sure that our ac units can run whether we're using you know triple glaze or quad glaze windows and are we putting overhangs over the windows that way we can protect from the sun you know all these little things so if i'm a customer coming to you kc and i'm thinking okay you know i'm not sure if i want a totally passive house or net zero home you know what what maybe a couple recommendations you would give you know just little things to do to at least you know start the conversation and have a good base to my to my house of good quality i think there still needs to be a target of some sort right you can't 
you you can't design a home if you don't have an energy target or a budget right those are the two biggest things right and people i know are sometimes afraid to give their contractors a budget because oh they're just going to max it out but at the end of the day the contractor can't give you the proper guidance if you know if you don't share that it's the same with the energy performance if you don't set some sort of baseline you don't have to necessarily get certification but you should be working with an energy advisor that they model and set some sort of target because without that target, we don't know if we should be putting the insulation, uh, how much insulation we putting in the walls or how much under the slab or what the windows should perform like, right? So those are all things that are ultimately going to affect the bottom line because you could even over-insulate it for what you need, right? There could be a tipping point, right? Or your windows could be more expensive because maybe you could have reduced the performance of those windows a little bit, right? It, or vice versa, maybe your house isn't as comfortable because you didn't add enough insulation to it or you didn't go with the windows that you should have gone with or, or maybe the overhang wasn't designed properly because the energy modeler wasn't involved, right? So these are all things that we would just have to work through. Uh, I'm very much a fan of what's called an IDP, integrated design process. You have your builder, your energy advisor and your architect and designer all working together with the homeowner from the start. Uh, does everybody need to be involved in every single meeting? No, but they all bring different experience uh, and different knowledge to the project. And all of that together will make for a much better project. And hopefully you won't have to go back to the drawing board later on. <laughs> I, no, I love these shed. That's funny because I've been a huge proponent. You know, a lot of my podcasts I speak about this and on my YouTube channel that the most successful projects are when the client brings in their architect, designer, build at the very beginning, right? You bring in the team, their experience, and they can carry you through the process very, very simply and, you know, create something that's within budget on time, you know, and very, um, uh, a much more pleasant experience for the client. But what's interesting is you added something in there that I have never done. You know, you talked about bringing in, the en you know, your energy design, you know, en energy auditor, designer, consultant, whatever you deem them as, and how important that is from the very beginning. And it's funny because I, you give the analogy, I'm sure people call you and say, okay, Casey, if I were to build my house, what's your cost per square foot? How much does it cost to build your house, right? And, and the easy analogy knows, well, how much does it cost for a bag of groceries, right? Yeah. And most people hear that, <laughs> well, what are you putting in the bag of groceries? And it's very similar to your house that, you know, it's really hard to define what the cost is until we know, well, is this the hillside? Is it a flat lot? You know, how much excavation? You know, where are my utilities? How do I time in? You know, what's the architecture? Is it modern? Is it transitional, traditional? I mean, there's so many factors that attribute to the cost of the house, you know, from stone on exterior to brick to, you know, stucco, whatever it may be. Um, so how do you get your clients to bring you on from the beginning to bring that trust that, hey, you need to have me on board? Because if we understand the budget, if we understand your goal for energy, you know, now we can work together as a team instead of this cat and mouse game. Yeah. Well, you said the word, it was trust, right? So I think the question is, how do you build trust where people want to bring you on ahead of time? And one of the ways we do that is through doing exactly this, right? Being on podcasts, doing our own podcast, doing our YouTube channel, showing people that, hey, we're not going anywhere. We're very public. It's in our best interest to make sure things work out, <laughs> right? It's, that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're building a business and we have a lot of people relying on it and we don't plan on... Uh, I don't know if you have swearing, but you know, screwing people over essentially. <laughs> um, so that's one of the ways we build trust. But then I, I have conversations. I realize that everybody's a little bit different. Everybody builds trust a little bit differently too, right? So uh, that's the whole psychology part, which I've been learning from my wife and uh, everything that we've been doing. But it depends on the individual that I'm dealing with. But I'm happy to have some conversations and talk. You know, I usually end up sending them to some videos or a blog post that I wrote or 
or you know meeting them even if it's on a site uh, briefly you know I'll, I'll put in a few hours of time to get people to to help educate people through the process because it, it is hard right you have to be able to navigate it and that's just part of what i think is what we need to do as a contractor and it's i know that's what i've signed up for right is to help people uh, through that process so the other way that we do it is that we don't we're not doing fixed price right which scares some people uh because we'll do like a more of a cost plus contract right or, or the cost is going to be whatever the cost is we will work with you the homeowner to figure out those costs and we have our fees that go on top of that and everything's open book every single screw that gets purchased for every any project that receipt gets given to the client so they know everything is being purchased but we'll still create an estimate once we have enough details to create an estimate off of Right. So they're able to bring us on board. I, I can say, OK, well, based on what you're describing, based on the lot, we should be in this range. But if they if things start to go out, you know, design beyond that, well, then I can uh, at least warn them that, hey, you know, this is not what we discussed two months ago when we met sort of thing. This is going to cost more. Right. Then at least we they're they're aware of it. It's not just going to be some big surprise. Um, the other thing that makes it easy uh, I want to touch on is that. A fixed price contract is typically never a fixed price contract unless the house has already been designed and built and like you're buying it from a bigger builder, right? The a fixed price contract for custom uh, typically is going to change. I've never heard of one that doesn't change. And that's why there's a that word called change order is because either something gets missed, something gets added, something's not included, uh, whatever it may be. It's never fixed when it comes to custom because to your point before, there's way too many variables. And if you don't have all the details up front, you just, there's no way, no con, no subcontractor will even commit to a price necessarily if they don't have all the details. Um, so I think, um, for us is it's operating as an open book, right? Like I said before, I think you hit recording, you know, I'm, I'm an open book. We're going to share, we're not trying to hide anything. Construction's expensive. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> I don't know what it's like in Arizona and Phoenix, but uh, it's expensive here. And especially when things are busy, right? People jack their prices up more because they're like, well, you know, I don't really want to do that job, but here's my price if you want me to do it sort of thing, right? And Yeah, and, and that's the tough thing for us to navigate, right, is to make sure that everyone, and, and I think more importantly, as a good steward, as you mentioned, you know, you talked about just being educated, know your numbers, right? The more that we know, so if you're a designer, if you really understand, you know, the cost of goods and furniture and window coverings and those elements, if you're a builder, if you understand, you know, all the elements from all the trim work that's going to be done or finish work on the ceilings, you know, a stone on the exterior, you know, all these little ads that come in if the home's going to be have a lot of steel or if it's all wood frame, you know, that's going to impact the cost. And the more that you understand as a builder, the more you can navigate. And if you have a database, as you mentioned, even as the market changes, maybe the market goes down or up and, and maybe some of the trade partners or subcontractors are thinking maybe, I don't want to use the word gouge, but maybe feel that they can price more aggressively or or, or add more markup, you you can navigate those by having a database there to hold them true to it. And and going back to that, it's interesting because you talked about just to build that trust, the channels that you're using, because most people, I'm sure I get this question, I'm sure you do, Casey, that why, wh what's the point, Casey? What's the point of having a podcast? What's the point of having a YouTube channel? What's the point of the social media? Why are you spending this time? Not only how are you managing that time, but why? And and I think you said that perfectly. You said, you know, it builds trust. We're here. We're public. We're not going anywhere. You know, we want to be a thought leader. And by doing that, you're you're building a brand essentially to show in case you're worth. You're not going to run from it. And the reality is we're going to make mistakes, but we're here for long term. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I and I think um, 
like the world is changing too. Like this is the marketing dollars or time, so to speak, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's you know, you're not spending money in magazine ads or anything like that anymore. It's like the, the, this is what people are doing, right? This is what people want to hear. They want to see the real stuff. Well, well, here's the advantage too, Case. I mean, by you spending time as a conscious builder and you're talking about, you know, passive houses and net zero and you're talking about better methods and you're, you know, speaking about how if you bring in your energy consultant and you're bringing in your architect designer, what's happening, there's an education there for our client base because all of us understand if my clients are educated, you know, I will say when I work with clients that are building their second or third home, it's a much better experience. You know, if it's a first home, then I have to try to really think through all my experiences with that to make sure I try to do that risk analysis with every single step and have set those expectations that way because the hardest thing in building is setting expectations that are realistic so that my clients as things process, you know, maybe there may be a day that I don't have anyone on the project. Well, it's pretty common because depending on flow, if we're digging footings and going for inspection, we're not going to have anyone there. Whereas some of our new clients will understand, hey, there's no one on my project. I'm paying money every day. Why isn't anyone there? You know, there's a building process and it's really important for us to educate the client. And in essence, you're doing so, you know, through those challenge or through those uh, through that education. So, Casey, let's change this a little bit here. You know, we've already spoken about you're in all these different, you know, educational um, uh, teachings for our audience, you know, and now you've started, you know, the union, which is your mind and body. So how did that evolve? You know, conscious building, healthy living is one thing, but now you're moving it into the union aspect. So, so explain to us what that is. Yeah, that's that's more something my wife has been working on that I'm supporting on the background, right? But one thing that I've realized has really helped me with my psychology is meditation. And, you know, just taking time. I remember a quote, actually. I can't remember where I read this. But it says, all of man's problems comes from their inability to sit in a dark room quietly. And that's always stuck with me because... It's true. Like try to sit in a room with your thoughts, with nothing, right? With uh, which is to some extent meditation, right? But I think what the power that I've seen is that it allows me to be more calm, right? It clears all the junk out of my mind because you go through your day, especially if you're watching news, social media. Like my days really just get filled up with phone calls and meetings and all sorts of stuff, and I just need a moment to like, all right. Let's uh, decompress a little bit. Let's let everything out of my head because my thoughts are going all over the place. Uh, sometimes I got to write it out. But by just kind of letting the waves calm, so to speak, then you can get a clearer vision of what's on the bottom of the lake. Um, and that that's what it is, right? So th this is what Union is offering was is, or is a tool for the psychology side, right? And it doesn't have to be done through union, it doesn't, but it, it it's giving people those tools to realize that we are not sick. We are just humans having humans experience. Uh, experience. Uh, here's a tool that can help you through that. My, Like I said, my wife's background is in child and family therapy. She got sick of saying people were sick, right? Because they're not sick. They're, you know, the, that kid that comes in that's over, that's hyperactive he, he's okay he's just a kid right yeah. sure but now he's been diagnosed with something that is you know apparently bad and then they try to fix it with drugs and it just doesn't work because it's just that's the short game again it's not the long term uh it's not the long game and what my wife really wanted to do is help people 
with something that's actually going to last, right? To give them something that they can continue to use, not just a Band-Aid to try and fix the problem. And that was, you know, what I'm supporting. And because it, it's just been something that's helped us and we continue to do. I meditate in the morning and meditate in the evening. Um, most days, not every day, really depends, right? But I, I know that when I do meditate, I just feel better. I can operate better. I can speak better. I think more clearly. Uh, I can deal with the, you know, 100 emails that come in every single day and no problem, right? But if I start to deviate from that because I'm too busy, well, then my mind starts to take over, so to speak. And if you think you're too busy to meditate, it's probably because you need to meditate more than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's, it's very similar that, you know, when you think about, uh, applying it to the business side, people say, hey, Brad, how do you have time? I don't have time to get on social media or I don't have time to do marketing. You know, but you think about the health of the business is determined by making time throughout the day to effectively market that business, right? Especially as things change. And you think about just the psychology that we spoke about early in this conversation and that you're speaking about now, Casey, is that as a person, you know, the health of us as individuals, we have to make time. If we're not making time, whether it be meditate or yoga or whatever may be our outlet, you know, where we're we're disengaging from technology, disengaging from the circumstances around us to, hey, if we have that quiet time to re-energize, you know, that's going to put us in a much better position. And, and it, you know, once we get through that uh, on an individual basis, one of the bigger things is the company culture. You know, that's, that's always something that's really intrigued me. I, I've learned as a new business owner, you know, in the last eight years, how important company culture is and how important it is to have the right people on the bus. And this is something you speak of about a lot, Casey, is, you know, company culture and having the right people on the bus. What has your, been your experience, you know, in building a company culture and making sure you have like-minded people to understand that same mindset that you have? Yeah, so we have a high, and like, we've had all the mistakes, right? It hasn't been, you know, flowers and rainbows and unicorns for the last 10 years, right? We've, we've done, we've been through a lot, you know, we've had lawsuit, we have had internal issues, we've had uh, financial issues, we've had jobs that didn't go so well as we thought that they were supposed to go. Like we've had everything, right? So it's just part of being the business, but it's every single one of these things has actually made us better. It's made myself better uh, and it's made our team stronger, the ones that are still with us. And uh, I always tell my team, right? Nobody ever talks about the job that went perfectly smooth, right? Everybody talks about the job that went south and that was harder or took a little bit more time than we had expected, right? So one of the things to continue to build our team is obviously we have a lot of communication internally. Uh, we use Slack that helps with that, but we also now have a hiring process that we stick to no matter what. It's called the rule of three. Uh, I actually got it from a book and I believe it was Darren Hardy's book. It should come to me. But anyways, he has some great books uh, and he had something like basically you interview everybody for every position that you're hiring, interview at least three people. You interview them in three different locations by three different interviewers, uh, and you check at least three references. So we do that for everything that we do. Typically, it's myself, my wife, and my partner brother, uh, Chad, that we do the interviews. Maybe we get uh, one of the team members involved if they're going to be working with them. It depends on the position, um, but we we stick to this no matter what. And if it's not a hell yes for everybody, then we don't hire them. They might not even make it to the third person, right? Some people get interviewed once and they're, no, it's not a good fit, right? Maybe they get to me and I'm like, eh, no, it's not well. Maybe they don't. So so it's, it's getting out of uh, having just one person make the decision because as we look through the world, like we don't see the world as it is. 
right? We see the world as we perceive it, as we perceive it, right? Through, through the glasses of our experience, right? So, uh, and I've also realized that women are way more, uh, intuitive than us men. (laughs) So having my wife involved has always been a huge help because I always go to her for that stuff. But either way, like understanding that, Hey, maybe what I'm seeing right now isn't actually true, uh, is quite powerful. No, I love that you share that. So, you know, when you talk about the checks and balances and how, you know, that positive outlook and, you know, that communication internally, you know, these are really important aspects to your team members. But as you're looking about hiring, you know, if I were someone that I want to join Casey's team, right, I want to join the Conscious Builder, you know, what would you recommend that I'm focusing on, um, you know, on personality, on experience, on communication, you know, what are some things you're looking for that may be a turnoff as you're interviewing somebody? The most important I think thing I look for is the psychology side, right? Are they taking care of themselves? Are they how how do they present themselves? Because I can't really test if somebody's a good carpenter, for example, in an interview. We we don't really know that until they get out on the job site. Can they actually deliver on what they say they're gonna deliver? Because even references sometimes, who knows, right? I don't really know the reference. It could be a friend, but uh, but ultimately you can get a good feeling for how somebody shows up. Right? How do they communicate? Sure, they could be nervous, obviously, in that position. There could be some nervousness. But if you look beyond that, uh, are they actually out to do good? Right? Do they are do they do they walk the talk, so to speak, or are they just a smooth talker? Right? I've gotten better at picking that up. I've been tricked by those people before. Yeah, <laughs> I like to think that I'm getting better, uh, and that's why once again we have you know three people as part of this process. Uh, but that that's the biggest thing, right? I, I'm looking for, like I said, we can train the other stuff. If you don't know, if you're a good carpenter, but you've never done a passive house before, obviously there's going to be a learning curve, right? Just because you can frame up a house doesn't mean you, you understand all the details that's required for the passive house or net zero. Uh, but that's okay, right? We can learn that. You do it once. If you're good, you're going to remember it. No problem. Uh, but I can't it's a lot harder to change somebody who has a habit of just being rude or they just have this uh, negative thought pattern, right? So everything's, nothing's ever good enough. Or, I don't know, I'm just throwing out examples out there, right? But we've, we all know people who are, you know, there's, there's people who always look at the positive side and there's always the pessimists who are looking at the negative side, right? Uh, it's hard to, to change the pessimist way of thinking right and i don't want to necessarily have that in the group right we we want to make sure that we're always moving in the right direction is it good to be aware of the things that can go wrong yes but we don't need to stay there right and if we're always looking at that that can actually bring down the morale for example no that's great advice because i mean going back to earlier in the conversation when you mentioned being positive you know having that positive mindset networking with that i mean you want that culture in your company too if you have a a negative mindset or negative people that can't get along and there's that that internal conflict, you know, that, that creates a lot of challenges that people don't realize and how quick that if they're not on board, you know, they need to be off the bus. And, you know, it's interesting. There was a podcast I was listening to, one of the executives at Disney, and you think about Disney as far as their employees go. You know, most people have had experiences where they're always positive, they're happy, they're smiling. And they said, very similar to you, where they go through this extensive hiring process, you know, that they really spend a lot of time vetting them and, and hire, you know, before they get hired. They're, they're really slow to hire, but they're quick to fire. They're quick to let them go if they're not meeting that company culture. And a lot of us, I, I know the mistakes I've made is holding on to certain people maybe too long um, and and not realizing how important it is to keep that company culture. Because if you have someone that's deviating from that, other people see that, which can now contaminate the whole philosophy there. And that's really important. 
you know, so Casey, going back to like just an entrepreneurship mentality, you know, having built the company you have over the last eight years, you know, if you were to start today, you know, what are some things you do different? How would you, what advice would you give to a new entrepreneur, someone starting their own construction firm, things that you would look at doing right away from the very beginning? Yeah, so probably one of those things would be to hire slow, right? But it's always tricky, right? Because you have to start somewhere. And I think to some extent, you're going to make mistakes. And that's a good thing as long as you learn from them. Uh, so if there's anything I would change, I would I would definitely make sure that I understand the numbers more. This is more mechanic side, right? But just understanding the numbers and how they work and uh, corporate taxes and Paper. like just understanding what's required for wherever you live because cash flow is king right it's it's yes you need to make a profit but you need to make sure that you can keep cash flowing uh and that because you might be, have to put out a lot of money for a project for example right so understanding your numbers would be important but bringing the right people uh on uh is extremely important right so i had the wrong people at the beginning uh, i did have like when i started off i had some friends help me and i knew that they were short term but that was fine but then i ended up just it was just me interviewing and hiring people oh yeah i knew that person let's hire him but then they were you know there's a rotten apple in the bag and it was starting to get all the other apples right and uh by the as easy you hear it all the time right but the higher slow fire quick it's a lot easier said than done but yeah. if you don't do it it it's painful yeah. <laughs> to try to get rid of somebody like it's so hard uh, and i think it's almost a lesson that everyone has to go through in order to actually believe it and start implementing it right because uh they think oh no it's, it'll be fine it'll be fine right it'll be fine um but i almost think like anybody who's starting you just have to get out there and start doing it right don't overthink everything you're not going to have all the same systems and processes that we have after 10 years uh, you're not going to have the same support you don't have the experience right at the end of the day and i think the most important thing to do is to just go out and get experience and to not be afraid to ask for advice right uh from people who have been doing it longer like i have a, a part of Greater Auto Home Builds Association here. But for the most part, I'm usually the youngest guy sitting around the table. Uh, and all these guys have been doing it way longer than I have. Um, and I'm sure, and I've learned a lot from them. Um, and they're, But they're asking me for advice on certain things too, right? Because we're doing things differently than what they've done them, right? But uh, it's, it's great because when you surround yourself with other people, especially in the same industry, there's more than enough work for everybody, right? There's the competition isn't the other contractors that are doing really good work. The competition is the guys that are underbidding us and not doing things properly uh, and ultimately creating a bad reputation for the industry as a whole, right? So that that's what we want to get rid of. I'm not, I'm not afraid of the other guys that are doing even the same work that we're doing. That's great because we can't do it all, right? We need more people doing it. Um, so don't be afraid of, uh, of sharing, right? And we share everything. Like it's all over our YouTube <laughs> stuff. Right? It, it's, uh, it's, Nobody well, the, the advantage, you know, a lot of people are, are hesitant to share because they're, you know, they don't want other people to maybe, um, you know, copy it or whatever it may be or try to impersonate it, right? But the reality is Casey's Casey. You've built this personality, you've built this brand. You know, you're Casey. There's a reason people are going to come to you because there's this trust that's been built through that personality. So it doesn't matter if you're, you know, sending out these vibes and this information out there to others. But but going back to starting out as an entrepreneur, so true, you know, cash is key king, right? So how how do you manage the cash flow? Profitability is important, but how do you manage the cash? And then of course focusing on systems and, and I think most of us spend too much time focusing on our mistakes. You know, the reality is we're gonna make a lot of mistakes in business, a lot of mistakes in our homes and projects, and that's reality. But you know, we can't focus on those because most people forget those. You know, the the value of mistakes, though, is that we can learn from them. Most of us understand that the mistakes we made are actually more educational 
than the successes, right? Because we're going to remember that and not do it again, and it's going to build us to be better in the future. So now looking back, Casey, over the, you know, the last eight years, what do you feel is your, um, you know, your greatest achievement as an entrepreneur? Uh, I think the greatest achievement is is hitting that ten year mark and building the team that we have built. Right. I don't know if I can necessarily choose one because it's 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 definitely been a journey. You know, not to sound too cheesy, but there's been so many ups and downs that it's it's been good. And I wouldn't be where we are today if we didn't have all those ups and downs. Right. So I think probably one of the smartest things that the the I would say it's the best and worst decision that we made was to build that passive house <laughs> because yeah. that's what kicked off everything in terms of what we're doing now. Uh, but it was a big financial strain on the personal side, right? So so put financial strain on the you know my wife and I. Uh, but you know we got through it and we made we made it work and and uh, that was really what kicked everything off. And I think you know. If I had to choose one, I guess that would be one of them, right? But <laughs> it's hard to say. And I actually have, you know, to to go back to your other your previous question, actually, just to backtrack a little bit. Um, I actually wrote a chapter in a book that's going to be releasing with Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, and I t- and I kind of talk about this sort of stuff. You know, what? How do you start the business? And some of those points would be to to go back. You focus on yourself, right? It's the psychology. You know, I didn't mention that in your last question. Is is to is to work on yourself. That's the greatest investment you will ever make ever for your business, for your life, for your relationship, for your parenting. Uh, if you don't invest in yourself, you will not get better, period, right? So that that that's the investment that keeps on giving. Uh, so don't be afraid to put money towards things that will make you better, whether it's a book, like sure, there's all sorts of podcasts, which is great, but sometimes I feel like you just need to pay uh, for it to really sink in sometimes, right? So to go to events, to surround yourself, to meet other people, that's probably the greatest thing uh, I've ever done in my life is to get involved with that sort of stuff. Uh, And also think about the purpose of your business, right? Because to go back to the times getting tough and, you know, having the wrong team or whatever it may be, if you have a purpose, it helps you get up in the morning. If you get disconnected from that purpose, uh, then you'll want to just stay in bed, essentially, right? But you also need people uh, that will remind you of that purpose because it's easy to forget about it when the times get tough. Uh, so that's that's about getting, you know, building the right team and, and creating the process, right? So sorry, I just wanted to backtrack a little bit on that. No, I'm glad you did because one of my questions, you know, is, you know, getting towards the close of our conversation here was, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, small business, new company, where should you focus your time? Right. And, and you really hit that on the head. I mean, you've driven that point out this conversation is focus on yourself and your psychology, because if you have a positive outlook, if you have an outlet, if you have an ability now to be, to have that positive, um, mentality, it's going to allow you now to be more successful, more driven, you know, uh, better able to multitask and handle all the things that come as an entrepreneur, small business owner. But what I love that you shared is you talked about understanding the purpose of your business because, you know, a lot of people reach out and say, hey, Brad, I want to build these amazing homes. I want to be your company. And what, you, you know, and they say, well, where did you start? You know, how did you start? And and I think it's very similar. We have to dive into it. We have to um, have an end goal. Like when I started, it's, you know, our firm, we were really small. And like most of us are, we're small, we're young, and we focused on, little jobs, but we always knew where we wanted to get. Even though I may be doing a kitchen or a bathroom, I knew the end goal that we wanted to get into more sustainable homes, as you are, Casey. We wanted to get into, 
you know, custom homes and the luxury product and something that I always, I'd worked on before at my last company, but this is something I wanted. And so having that vision, having that goal of knowing we're going to get there, you just continually build and build and build, but it takes time. And I think most people lose sight that they think things are going to happen overnight, maybe through social media. A lot of us are in this generation where everything happens so quick, but they don't see all the years Casey spent leading up to starting your company and all the years behind the scenes, you know, building it. Everybody is an overnight success, 20 years in the making, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so true. So Casey, I mean, you've been amazing. So, you know, where can our listeners find, you know, what's up, I guess before that, what's what's exciting? What do you have upcoming? You know, you mentioned your book, you know, talk about that. What other things do you have upcoming that you're really excited about? Yeah, so that, that book's exciting. So that's with Kevin Harrington. That'll be likely sometime in November. So we'll be posting more about that, but uh, we are now doing a lot more with our YouTube channel since COVID hit. Like we've really focused a lot of attention into creating really good content on our on YouTube, and we actually have a project that we're actually designed for like a YouTube series, right? So the usually we're doing videos on projects that we're doing, but the project is kind of number one, and the video is kind of being done throughout it. But we actually have a project coming up that is being designed as a series, right? So the video is kind of number one. The project's important, but we need to make there's project gets slowed down a little bit because we want to make sure that we get the right stuff for the video. Uh, so that's exciting because that's basically opening up a whole new, to some extent, income stream for the business uh, because we will be looking for sponsors for that who who are interested in being a part of that because I think we can deliver huge value with what we're doing here. Uh, but that also creates an opportunity for homeowners because we're actually using this to some of that sponsorship money because the process slows down and there's work involved. It's more of a par- I always see a lot of the stuff that we do as a partnership is there's an opportunity for homeowners to actually save some costs on their project with some of that sponsorship money. So, so that kind of opens up a whole new way of doing work. So we're kind of flipping the typical us bidding for projects uh, on over into saying, if you want to be on our show, you can apply to be on our show and this is how it's going to work. It's beneficial to you, uh, but it's a little bit different <laughs> than your typical, right? So, but everything we do is an open book, right? So the contrast can be the same as we typically do. We're just adding that that other level uh, for the YouTube sh- show. So, uh, well, I love that because you're bringing, yeah, you're bringing value. I mean, that's the whole essence, right? You're bringing value to the customer and to the public as well. And by bringing value, you know, there's always going to be a benefit at some point, you know, to you as a business for bringing value. Yeah. yeah. So, so Casey, with that said, where can our listeners find you? Uh, best thing is to go to just theconsciousbuilder.com. Uh, everything's there. You can find our YouTube channel or links to our podcast. Uh, you can also go to caseygray.com. That'll just be more about my stuff there. That's C-A-S-E-Y-G-R-E-Y.com. Uh, and we are doing something. You can find it through those websites, but we're also working on another thing that's exciting that's going to be further down. It's the Conscious Builder Academy, which to your point is one of the things that I'm really passionate about that I want to do is help other contractors, right? So the Conscious Builder Academy is going to be more directed towards the contractor side. as opposed, You know, the Conscious Builder for the most part is homeowners. Uh, there's a lot of contractors who follow our stuff and we have a lot of conversations like this, which is great because we learn from each other. Um, but there's also all the younger guys that we were talking about that want to learn, right? And if we can help them avoid some of the mistakes that we've made, uh, that's what we want to help with. And so we're working on the Contra Builder Academy, which is somewhat in the background right now, but it's in the works. Uh, and that's another exciting project. So, Well, that's exciting. We'll definitely stay tuned. I'll make sure that we have all those uh, websites and links tagged. And I will say just... Uh, haven't been through myself, your website, The Conscious Builder, there's a lot of information. So any of you listening, make sure you check that out. There's a lot of good value there. So Casey, thank you again. You've been amazing. 
Yeah, thanks, Brad. So big thanks to Mr. Casey for joining us today. And as a recap, as he mentioned, you know, how important is it to understand your numbers? You know, how important that education and knowledge of your historical database can help you in pricing. And then, of course, the, the mentality, the, the consciousness, the, uh, the accountability. And by surrounding yourself with positive people and have that positive mindset, how important that psychology is to running a business. And, you know, how important he's found that is into so many aspects of his life. How important it is to find time to be able to meditate and disengage from some of the chaoses and stresses of the world and then understand, you know, how to focus on the things that are priority, you know, that, that matter most. And that positive outlook and, of course, that environment, you know, cash, is, cash flow is king. Understand your systems. Understand that cash flow and build that successful environment, team, culture, and, and work through that together. So a big thanks to Casey for making time, joining us with all that insight and inspiration. And for those of you listening, if you have not already, please give us a subscription on our channels, like, comment, uh, let us know of any topics or guests that you'd like us to have on, and we appreciate all the support.